0: Hey, this is Michael. Thanks so much for listening to SOMA's podcast. Before this week's teaching, I just want to take a second and thank you. Thanks for listening. Thanks for sharing and subscribing. It makes a huge impact. Enjoy the message. Uh, This is Exodus 28 through 11. It says, Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath... To the Lord your God, on it you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son nor your daughter nor your male or female servant, not your animals, any foreigners residing in your towns. And I love how God's just like, okay, just in case you were thinking about it, your kids can't work, like you can't make your kids cut the, you know, like he's just telling the Israelites, you can't put your kids to work on that day, right? You can't, even your animals, don't let your cow do a thing, let your cow just chill. If you have guests coming to visit, whatever, everybody got a Sabbath. For in six days, the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them. But he rested on the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. And so um, it's an important topic to us because just culturally, we, we we venerate. Work and work ethic, and we're a bit we're a bit of workaholics, and we just kind of we also like to just shoulder the weight of things. We like to do things in our own strength and our own power. and Me, I want to do things when I want to do them, how I want to do them, and and just kind of broader American Western culture just is is about kind of you, your family, your yard, your car, your work, your you know, and so we kind of build this mindset. But it's in us from day one. This idea that we're going to be self reliant is in us from day one, and we know that Brooke and I know that because we have a three year old, and. Uh, and, and you know what it's like that transition you make as a kid when you're like two or three and you go from being cool with like mom and dad doing all the things. And you're like, awesome. Thank you. Bless me. And then one day you just wake up and you're like, I got this, right? You're just like, I don't, I want to do it by myself. Right. If you, if you have kids, they've, they've said that. And you've said that cause you've been a kid, but like, I want to do it by myself. I want to do it by myself. So my three-year-old, that's what he says. So you're trying to help him put his shoes on. He's like, dad, I do it by myself. I do it by myself. I was like, well, cool. We got to put the right shoe on the right foot though, my man. Like I'm trying to be helpful right now. Also, you don't know how to tie shoes, So anyways, I'm just, you know, and, but he's like, I do it by myself. And so he's walking around with like the wrong, you know, he's walking around with his shoes all crooked and everything. And then, uh, and then he wants to buckle himself in the seatbelt. I do it by myself. Even though he can't fully do that either. He needs, he needs an assist on that. He's holding the ice cream cone. Right. And it's just, it's just dripping everywhere and you're trying as a parent, you're like, this is so gross, right? And so you're like, I want to help you. And he's like, I do it by myself. And it's like dripping down his dripping down his elbow. And um it can be and so there's those examples which are cute or whatever. But then there's sometimes where he's just trying to do a thing that is just not going to work out. Like it's not holding ice cream cone or putting your shoes on. It's like, buddy, physically that's not going to work. You're a little tiny man. Like that's not going to like let me help you. You can't lift that, can't move that, you can't do that. I do it by myself. And it can be frustrating sometimes as a parent when you want to assist your kid, but they don't let you assist. But, you know, man, it's so much easier for me to move that than, than for you to try and press in your own strength and spend all day trying to do it. You're not going to be able to do it. And, um, and but this is the exact same thing we do all the time with God and, and in, in the life of our faith where God's trying to teach us a thing. He's trying to assist. He's trying to help us build a dependency and empower us to do what he can do on our behalf. And we don't. But we're like, I do it by myself. Right. And he's like, but your shoe your shoe, buddy, your shoes on the wrong foot. You're like, no, nah, I'm good. I got this. I got this right. And you're like, ice cream's dripping down our arms. We look ridiculous. He thinks it's cute, but it's just, but it's just building a dependency overall. And the theme of Exodus is really our dependency on God. So the only thing the Israelites do from day one is just cry out. That's it. They cry out, they're broken people, they need somebody, they need a savior. They cry out, and then God hears their cry, remembers that covenant, and begins to deliver them. And so miraculously, there's salvation, that's all him. There's signs and wonders and miracles to deliver his people, that's all him. And then he begins to provide for them, that's all, that's all him as well. We're hungry, we're thirsty, I got you. And so he gives them manna, he gives them quail. He gives them over to all these things, and he begins to set this people apart. So I'm going to build a relationship with you, but this relationship, I'm wired, it's, we're going to build it in such a way that you have to stay dependent on me. You have to trust me. To do things that you can't do in your own power, I'm going to do them for you, but you have to trust me. So I'm going to set you apart as a people. And then God begins to unpack all these things. And one of the things that he unpacks is Sabbath. So we hit it in an earlier week, but it's like the, the Ten Commandments. And one of the things that he unpacks is, hey, I want you to take a day. I want you to rest. I want you to remember. I want you to trust that that I can do more in that day as you take it off than if you just did all the things in your power all the time. And so, but, but as Americans we struggle because we're workaholics. We love to work. we love to flex on other people and talk about our work and all the things that we're doing. Uh, there was a study done and on, on average annually, we work 130, you work 137 more hours than the average Japanese. You work 260 more hours a year than the average British person. You work, uh, you work 499 more hours average on a year than the average French person, which is like, no, not really a shocker there. Like if we're being real, like we're the French do everything better, right? Cheese kisses, workflow, all the things they, they, they got it going on. And so, um, so we don't, we don't hear people brag. Like this is part of the commandments, part of the 10 commandments. We don't hear people brag about, you know, murdering people, or at least I don't, maybe you roll in a different group than I do, but people, we don't, we don't hear people brag about coveting or hear people brag about lying or heal people, but we hear people brag all the time. We're like, man, I just been working, bro. Just been working, just grinding. Right. Just like days, you know, it's like weeks, bro. It's like, it's like, calm down. You're not, like, you're not that cool. But was, that's, well, that's what we do is we like to talk about how hard we work, how busy we are. When we ask people, how are you doing? Good. Just so busy. We're so busy. Right. When was the last time you asked somebody how they're doing and they were like, I'm bored. I'm bored. Like, I don't want that moment where someone's like, I'm, I do nothing. I just want, I'm bored. Um, but we're just so busy. And the school year's here, so we're all kind of locking into this fall flow school season. And we're filling that calendar up. And we're doing the math. And who's taking who where? And how are we doing drop-offs? And what time we got to be back? And who's going to this practice? And who's going to this PTA? And who's going to, like, we're doing the math on our calendar. And it's beginning to fill up. And we're saying yes to all kinds of things in this season. And so I hope that this message hits for you, because you and I are in charge of our calendar, not other people. You can you are actually in charge of what you agree to and don't agree to, and you're also in charge of rest and reset and really honoring the Sabbath, which is what we're going to talk about today. Um, But we're busy people with work. This is you remember how people used to talk about like a forty hour work week remember that it was like a 40 hour work week whatever how many of us you say I work more than 40 hours a week you raise your hand if you work work more than 40 hours a week which honestly majority of you should have your hands up right now that was real that was that was that was I don't know about this group so how many of us more than 50 hours a week you work more than 50 hours a week more than 60 hours a week anybody raise your hand Come on, Andrew, raise your hand back there, bro. Like how many of you, how many of you more, more than 70 hours a week? Anybody more than 70 Is a couple people? Um, yeah, so this is, this is a thing for us. And, and now with COVID, like everybody went to w- remote working. Remote working, which means you just work all the time, basically is what it means. So you can take it home with you. You can work on any time of day. Um, that's exactly what that means. And, and then we do things like we'll, we'll work, but then we'll also just have our phone next to us all the time. So like 75% of Americans has their phone, like on their nightstand, you do. I'm looking at your face as I say this right now, so I can gauge how true this is, 75% of you, right? And so 75% of us, that's what we do, it's right next to us. And then 90% of that 75, first thing we do when we wake up is boom, we'll grab that, right? And we'll scroll a little bit and check emails, check see, see see who sent me a text, see who hit me up on social, whatever, and we're just so attached to the thing that we're we're stressed out and we're anxious and we're worried and we have FOMO and we're like, oh, do we get you know? And we're just we stay in a constant state of, it's not enough. Like I gotta do more is is where where our headspace is. And this is kind of busy that just makes its way into our very soul. God gives us Sabbath to combat that. I love what Corey Ten Boom says. It says, uh, if the devil can't make you sin, he'll make you busy. And it's so true. Just distracted. Anything that would keep you from the purpose and the call that God has for your life is really ultimately the goal. I don't have to make you sin, I just have to make you uh, not do the thing that God called you to do and just spend your time wasted on things that ultimately don't have any eternal significance or impact in people's lives. And so, what's awesome is that God speaks directly to this and then He gives us a command and a gift. And I want to revisit uh, that today with this idea of Sabbath. So he, he gives us, it's the fourth commandment. So have no other gods before me. Hey, have no graven images and no idols. And he says, hey, don't, don't use my name in vain. Basically, don't, don't rob my name of its power. Don't misuse my name. And then the fourth one is, remember the Sabbath. Keep it holy. And so we talked about in this series, the first four commandments of, uh, that, that God issues through Moses in this 10 commandments, the first four are really all vertical. They're all about the relationship with God. Last six are really horizontal honor your father and your mother. Don't murder. Don't commit adultery. Don't covet. Don't lie. Don't, like all of these are, are horizontal. And then the first four are vertical. And so uh, we, mentioned, we mentioned that a couple of weeks ago. And, um, and these four commandments, these first four are meant to remind us of our dependence on God. This is what, this is how important Sabbath is. This is Exodus 31. God revisits it. We read Exodus 20, but God comes back and tells Moses, Hey, just in case you forgot, Exodus 31. Here's what he says and this is how important Sabbath is. Lord said to Moses, you're to speak to the people of Israel and say, "Above all, wow. Okay. Above all, you shall keep my Sabbath, for this is the sign between me and you throughout your generations that you may know that I the Lord sanctify you." And God's saying, "Hey, Sabbath just like that daily dependence for manna, just like my provision in that way that I'm going to sanctify you through this process. I'm going to set you apart as a people. You have to depend on me. You have to rely on me. Build this rhythm of Sabbath, rest, reflect, remember who I am. And then what happens in that is I'm going to begin to sanctify you, set you apart as a people. But he says, I love what he says at the beginning. He says, above all, like how, how important is this above all, above everything that I've said, what does it say about the nature and the character of God that he says, above all, take a day off. Right. And then, uh, so we've got all this activity and then God tells Moses, tell him to take a day off, do nothing. And remember that I'm the Lord. And then he goes on, here's how important it is. Verse 14, you shall keep the Sabbath because it's holy for you. Here's why it matters because it's holy for you. And then he says, hold up. Everyone who profanes it shall be put to death. It just took a, took a hard turn right there. Right. And so whoever does, does any work on it, that soul should be cut off from among his people. And so God's like, listen, take a day off or I will kill you is what's going like. This is, this is what he's saying to this, the Israelites. And so it's, it's, a serious, it's serious to the heart of God uh, to be a people set apart and to rest and reflect and remember. And how serious is that the punishment for disobedience in this passage is, is death? And so um, I'm just thinking about how every boss I've ever had, you know, No boss has ever said to me, no boss has probably ever said to you, hey, on the Sabbath, if you work, you're gone. I'm firing you, right? Like, if anything, they're like, work all the days. And even in church world, work all the days, right? And so how do we honor God with the Sabbath? How do we set it apart? Western culture celebrates activity. We get rewarded for doing business, long hours, crazy activity. It's championed to the detriment of our souls, I'm telling you. And God says, I know you have a bend towards self-reliance. I know you want to work and do things in your own power. I know you're prone to forget my goodness and my grace. So you're going to have to take a day off each week. And you're going to remember that I'm the one who delivered you, who frees you, who fights for you, who provides for you. I am who I am. And then he institutes the Sabbath for us. It's not for him. He doesn't need it. It's for us. Hey, I created this for your rest and your reset and for your soul. And so God's setting his people apart and all the surrounding nations look on this at the people of God. And they're like, what is that? And I think God's calling us to the same standard today where you and I live in such a way that we honor the Sabbath, we create it, we set it apart, we make it holy, and people are impacted by that. And they go, whoa, what is that? What's that? You're taking a day. You're not like, not hustling, not doing all things. You're like, you're just, you're just enjoying the day. What? What's wrong with you? Right? And so basically just impacting the people around us. And so Sabbath is such a huge reminder of our dependence on God. Uh, not our ability to strive, work our way to fulfillment, but to rest in his finished work in his provision, his plan and his power. Look at verse 15. It says this in Exodus 31, it says for six days, work is to be done. But the seventh day is a day of Sabbath rest. Holy to the Lord, whoever does any work again, in case you forgot, or in case you didn't hear me before, whoever does any work on the Sabbath day, you get put to death. The Israelites are to observe the Sabbath, celebrating it for the generations to come as a lasting covenant. This covenant will last. It will be a sign between me and the Israelites forever, forever. For in six days, the Lord made the heavens and the earth. And on the seventh day, he rested and was refreshed. And I love it because in Exodus 31, he gives commentary to creation itself. And he says, hey, here's the reason why Sabbath's important. If you don't, if you know, if you don't remember... Genesis 1, God created the heavens and the earth. God created everything that we see. It took him six days to do all the things that you see. Some of you think you're super productive at work. God was like, I make galaxy. galaxies, bro, in like six days. So he just made like, everything you see, six days. And then at the end of that six days, he rested. Seventh day, he rested. And so God gives his people from day one this rhythm of, hey, we're going to honor the Sabbath. because this Why? Because this is what God did. And if God can rest, hear me you can rest. Well, it's just a bit, you know, we got a lot going on and you know we got like time out. God rested. Well, you don't understand like you know like it's a new season at work and I'm working on a degree and I got like God rested. Like whatever it is that you're facing, it ain't that great, okay? So God rested. And so he's he's calling us to do the same thing and set it apart and make it holy. Uh we keep going on um and, and right after uh, right after this Genesis 2, and God sets it apart, God rests, uh, we, we see that there's real flourishing in all of His creation. and this is what we want for ourselves. This is what we want. We see it in the book of Exodus, and, and this is the standard that God's calling us to. Sabbath, the, the term Sabbath, it, it just means to stop. So sometimes we'll see biblical words and, uh, and we get we're like you know, churches or, or religious texts or religious words. And we're like, what does that word mean? And, and we think it's a little heady or a little big or whatever. And it just, it just means stop. That's all it means. Stop, stop doing it. And so the entire day is to set aside and follow God's example. Stop, rest, be restored, look out and go. That's very good. In the same way that God creates his creation, looks out and goes, that's good. And he just sits back and he enjoys his creation. He's asking us to do the same thing. Reflect on the past week, reflect on his creation, spend some time uh, worshiping him and spend some time drawing, having our affection stirred for him so that we can better love the people around us. Here's some great application. If you're like, if you've never done Sabbath, never been a part of your flow, here's some things we can do. Take a walk. I know it's wild. It's wild, y'all. I got more. uh, Take a walk, spend some time with family, cook a great meal. Don't Don't hit them with the Cheerios that day. Don't hit them with the, like, the frozen whatever. Don't hit them with the, we ran out of time. Like, like plan it, cook a meal, break bread, hang out, do a thing. Cook a great breakfast, whatever. Uh, turn your phone off. Turn your phone off. And you're like, well, I have a thing on mine. I turn my notifications off. Not the same because then you just go and touch it anyway just to see who sent you the thing even though you didn't get the notification. So just turn the, turn the phone off. Pray together. And it's not like Sabbath, you have to pray all day. You're not praying for like a 24-hour period, although you can. I'm just saying, like, you just, just pray together. Spend some time in prayer. Spend some time in prayer by yourself. Build that discipline. Read scripture. Read a devotion. Read, read God's word. Read a book that draws you, I mean, that, that uses God's word, draws you to him. Uh, laptop. Turn it off. Turn off work. Turn off email. Turn off all that. Uh, family, friends, friends. Um, Basically, the, the whole idea, so Sabbath, the idea is that it's a holy day, and, and holy days become holidays, that's where we get that, by the way, so it's like, basically, create a holiday, but create Christmas every week, and that overwhelms some of you, because you're thinking, like, gifts and, like, all the things, calm down, the, the things that really hit for you at Christmas, think about what hits for you at Christmas, and it's not all the junk, it's not all the stuff, what hits at Christmas is what, people, you spend time with, little traditions that you have. Songs that are sung, food that's enjoyed, like the fact that it's you're not hustling and everybody kind of is off and everybody's like, those are the things that are like the hit. Do that weekly is what he's trying to teach us. This is if you study like the way the Jews would, they call it Shabbat. If you if you study the way that they celebrated it, this is how they celebrated it. It was a holiday. It was just a weekly holiday and they celebrated it that way. That's what he's calling us to do. Set it aside and enjoy a day. And so he, he goes on, uh, it says for six days, work is to be done, but the seventh day is to be a day of Sabbath rest. So not only is Sabbath, uh, this idea is for us to stop, but it's also when we stop, we're resting and Sabbath isn't a day off. It's not a day off for you to like, okay, cool. I got all this done at work. Now I got a day off. Now I'm going to hustle really hard personally to crunch through all the things that I need to do personally, because that's not, I don't know about you. That doesn't bring me rest. But Sabbath is a little bit subjective in that things that actually fuel you, things that actually make you feel restored, things that, like, that bring you a great deal of joy or gratitude or just kind of lift your spirit a little bit. It's just different for everybody in this room. How many of y'all love working outside? You just, like, love it. It's, like, your favorite thing ever. Okay. Awesome. God bless you. Uh, So, like, for me, if you see me outside, it's not Sabbath at my house. Okay? You know what I'm saying? Like, if I'm pulling weeds and junk, it's not, it does not restore my soul. You know what I mean? Like, so... There's, there's, it just is different for every, every single one of us. What, and, and we have to think through, you know, what would, what would make me rest? What would make me grateful? What would make me joyful? What would make me remember? And that be the filter by which we build that Sabbath. But it's not just another day to do a punch list of all the things we have to get done. It's a day to be set aside to rest and reflect and enjoy the good things that God's given us. And so, um, we're, we're good at understanding, like, how we worship at church. We're good at understanding how to shop or how to play or, or how to be entertained. Everybody understands how to be entertained, but everybody struggles at how to rest. Like, we don't understand what that looks like. And, and there's a difference between rest and, and relaxing, right? Because we'll come home sometime. People, people will come home from work, and, and we'll say this. We'll, we'll look at our spouse and be like, I just need to decompress. I just need to take a breath, right? And then sit down, like, I need to watch a little, I need to veg out on a little bit of TV, a little bit of TV. Four days later, you have finished that series on Netflix. You know what I'm talking about? You remember that moment where uh, it was like 1, 2 a.m., and you look at your spouse, and you're like, one more. You we'll want do one more? We'll do one more, right? And you're like, you're like so excited. You're like, yeah, so good. Right? But then like at, t- at like 1.32 a.m., you're like, we are morons. And the next morning, you're not feeling rested. You're not feeling refreshed. You're angry at each other. You're sinning all kinds of sin that day. Like You're just like angry. You're just navigating the whole day jacked up because you decided not to rest. You decided to relax. And you just binge watch whatever, whatever show you binge watch. And so uh, this is what we do. But th- this is what's wild. The CEO of Netflix, he was interviewed a few years ago. And, and was asked about the growing number of streaming services that were competing with Netflix. And he was like, somebody said, hey, listen, you have Amazon, right? And then Apple Apple's begin, you know, got in the game, and then now Disney Plus, and are you concerned with the amount of competitors that you have? And, and Netflix guy was like, absolutely not. I ain't worried about that. He said, our only competition is sleep. That's the culture we live in. But he wasn't joking. He was dead serious. And so, like, you touch that screen all the time because it's designed to make you touch it right every social media platform every app you have every show you watch if you haven't noticed the streaming services as soon as your show's over what happens that next one's up you're like oh that looks like a good show too boom and you hit it and you're sucked in and so it's like you you spend a good amount of time again not a bad thing just not a god thing you spend a great amount of time on things that if you've made a list of your values and priorities binge watching 22 you know series of whatever on Netflix is probably not on your top 10, right? Things I want to do before I die, right? It's probably not on there. And so, uh, but, and yet we spend a lot of our time doing things, uh, instead of being intentional with our time, marking it, setting things aside, we're going, I'm just relaxing. I'm just decompressing, whatever, but it's not the same as rest. Sabbath is rest. And so I also love that God says in this passage that, um, he says, you know, rest on that day, but he also says, work six days, which is so great. Because some of you are like, yeah, that's what's up. I, I, thought, I thought that was it. So it's like, you can work, grind six days, hustle six days, do all the things. Vocation, personally, whatever you got to get done, get it done in six days. And then he's like, just give me a day where you reset, where you rest, where you remember, where you enjoy my creation, where you're not like trying to do all the things in your own strength, but you're allowing for me to... To build that relationship and sanctify you is what he he says in this text. And so, God's not asking us to be lazy. He's not asking us to be slothful. He's or not move forward. He's designed the whole thing so that we need rest. You need rest, by the way. You know this every day. You'll finish today, and what happens? You go home. You're tired. Head hits the pillow. What happens? You don't. You're not even aware of it. You're built for it. Heart still beats. Brain still working. All the things are still happening, but your body's in sleep mode, and you were built for it, just like you were built weekly. Uh, They've done some other studies that says that people's ability to accomplish things after about 55 or 60 hours of a work week, uh, they're really not accomplishing very much. So you can work 90 hours, but you're only going to accomplish about what you would have worked, well, accomplished if you worked 55 or 60 hours, which if you do the math on that is about six days of work, right? It's amazing when science catches up with scripture. So it's just, that's the way that God's designed this thing. Hey, rest depend on me. And, and here's what I've noticed. Anytime I wait, anytime I rest, anytime I'm not trying to do things in my own strength, the the ball moves down the field quicker than if I was trying to do it just for me. It's so weird. I don't understand it. It's awesome. I'm like, all right, cool. I'm gonna take a nap. And then I wake up and it's like, Oh sweet. Like that's better than if I would have, you know, tried to do something in my own power take a day, rest, reset, and remember what God's, um, remember what God's done for us. And so I've also heard people say this when it comes to Sabbath, people will say, um, and this is true for Sabbath. This is true for serving. This is true. You fill in the blank with anything that God's asked us to do. People will say, it's just a busy season. It's just a busy season. This season's busy. When's the last season you ran that was not busy? Also, as you move forward in life, you will never not have a, a, a busy season moving forward, right? If you're, if you're in college, you're like, this is just a busy season. I just got to get through college, man. If I get through college, whew, it'd be great. Get a job. Less busy of a season. No, I don't want to depress you. But it never, like there's never, like it only does this number. There's always more to steward, more to do, more responsibilities. And then you and I get an opportunity to go yes to this, no to this, and then set a priority that goes, I'm going to give God a day. I'm going to set a Sabbath. So it's a holy day. The word holy means separate. And the idea is to be set apart for rest and worship, because again, it just changes us when we do it. So Sabbath is rest, but also Sabbath is worship, which means it's, it's not just a day where you don't do things, which is great. And it's needed. So some of the most, like one of the most godly things you could do, some of you could do is just like sleep more. Some of you like, you don't sleep enough and you're angry and everyone in your life is like, you need to take a nap. You know what I mean? Like, please go lay down. Please go for a walk. Please do something that refreshes your soul because you're poisoning this well. And I'm about to get mad over here. You know what I mean? Like you to back up on my face, right? So like this, but this is the way we live. It's just, it, so you, you could just rest. You need rest. Well, Brooke and I, we, we went to, uh, we, we went on sabbatical in May. And we haven't taken a break in like 13 years of ministry. We're like, let's take an intentional three to four weeks, get away from everything, go off, rest, reflect, read the things we want to read, like have an intentional time where we're really prayerfully paying attention to our relationship with God, our kids, just pouring in our kids, looking at creation, being stirred by that. And, uh, oh man, it was so good. It was so great. We came back. Everybody that that saw us when we came back, somebody last service, they were like, dude, you came back with like a glow. You came back with a glow. And uh, and that might have just been sun or whatever because of where we were at. But I think it really was. I think because everybody, when we came back, we were hugging everyone. And I'm not like a huge hugger because it's always awkward for me. People don't know if I'm going in for the hug or the fist bump or the handshake or whatever. And we kind of like, we double pump always. It's weird. And so, but I was like, I was, I'm going to hug you from across the room. Like when I come back from sabbatical, I'm like, let's go. I love you. I missed you. Like we're hugging people from across the room. And uh, so that happened, which hit a little bit different. But then people were stressed out when we came back. We were so mellow, so chill. People were like telling us all the things that they were worried about. And we're like, you know what you need? You need a vacation. You need to go on vacation. Why don't you go on vacation? Like, we're just telling people, like, get out of here. Go away. Right? And so, uh, because it just, it was refreshing. It reset. It did the thing that it was supposed to do. So rest was important. But while we were away, worship was a priority as well. What can we do while we're away? Even while we were gone, worshiping in other churches was a part of our flow. We weren't here. But we were worshiping with other people. And then daily, what can we do as we Sabbath? What does that look like for us weekly? So it might look like, again, these are softballs, but it might look like reading your Bible. It might look like prayer time. It might look, listen to some worship music. But it also might be pickleball. Come on, somebody. We got any pickleball people? What my pickleball people? Let's go. Might be some pickleball, okay? Might be some, might be taking your kids to get some ice cream. Hello. Yes, I'm about that. Sabbath. Right. And so like, what do you do that in, do you enjoy? What do you do that like just stirs your affection and go, man, God is good. Oh my, these pancakes. God is so good. Right. Whatever your thing is and just, and just lean in and just enjoy, enjoy the good things that he gives us. It doesn't have to be like reading through the entire book of Leviticus for the whole day of like, or whatever, like it can be just in, but, but being mindful of him is important gratitude, remember him. I'm grateful for these things. It it gives me over to joy and it it, it really makes me worship him. And so, uh, Sabbath is worship, but also Sabbath is both a command and a gift. It's a command and a gift. So in Exodus 16, there's this cool passage where God, uh, he's feeding the Israelites manna and he tells them, Hey, I'm going to feed you manna every single day, except the Sabbath. On the sixth day, you get enough for the Sabbath day, and I promise you on the sixth day, I'll give you double. You're good. Trust me in this. Get what you need for the Sabbath on the sixth day. I'm not going to feed you on the seventh day. And yet, people of God, hard-headed, I do it myself, little shoes on backwards, ice cream dripping down their elbow. They're out there on the seventh day trying to pick up some manna. There is no manna on the seventh day he's like, you dumb people. Like I told you, like literally six days, I told you I'd give you enough. What are you doing? And here's the exchange he has with Moses. He's frustrated because he says, I gave you a command and you did not listen. And that command was also a gift. Look at, look at Exodus 16. How long will you re- refuse to keep my commandments and my instructions? If you read your Bible, the answer is a long time, long time. Bear in mind that the Lord has given you the Sabbath. I've commanded you, but man, this was a gift. This isn't for me. This is for you. This is for you to be fueled. This is for you to be dependent. This is for you to be restored. This is for you to have the rest that you need to do the work that I've called you to do, but this is not for me. I don't need it. You need it. And so, uh, most theologians agree that the commandment to keep the Sabbath is the bridge between the first three. So no other gods before me and no graven images, no idols in my life. And not using his name in vain not not putting the power that should be on his name on his name it's the bridge between the vertical commands and the horizontal ones for people because if you think about it um the sabbath and, and notice that it's the only spiritual discipline that is a commandment not prayer not read your bible not like it's literally just sabbath is the only every other one is like don't stab a brother you know what i mean or like don't lie or don't covet or whatever and And, and so, but this one is a little bit different in that it's the spiritual discipline. But what it does is it actually, it actually, it makes me, if I do it right, it actually makes me love God better because I'm, I'm in his word and I'm praying and I'm resting and I'm trusting him to do on a day off more than I could do if I did it on my own. Just like tithing, I'm trusting him to do with 90% of my income more than if I had 100% to spend on my own. It's the same principle over and over again, taking Old Testament principles and applying it. Jesus does this in the New Testament. He honors the Sabbath. He honors all the things that we're talking about. But the idea is, what if I just enjoyed his creation? What if we just went on a bike ride? What if we just watched the sunset? What if I just sat out and, you know, what if I did that? And then it stirs your affection for God, makes you love God more. You come off of that day. Now I'm better equipped to love people in my life. I just, I just am if I, if I actually take some time to rest and, and keep his command, but also realize, man, it's such a gift in my life. And so people argue about whether or not we have to keep the Sabbath as Jesus followers. Cause some people will say, well, I'm a new covenant believer I'm New Testament, I'm a follower of Jesus. And Colossians, for example, says that the Sabbath is actually a shadow of what's to come in Christ, which is to say that Jesus is the Sabbath. So if you want real rest, it's him. Jesus comes and he says, actually, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. But, it, but, but, and which is great, and I agree with that. We're gonna dig into that more. But if you think about it, it's still a commandment. Now, every other commandment, we're good to keep. In general, most people agree, it's a bad idea to kill people. We're like, let's probably don't do that. You know what I mean? Honor your father and mother. Yeah, that's a good idea. Not lying, not coveting, not having affairs. Like, all these are things that we're like, good. But then with Sabbath, we're like, man, I'm just, bro, I'm working so hard. Working so hard, right? It's like the one commandment that we're just real real passe about, real, real flipping about. And then we don't honor God in that way. We're not trusting him with our lives and going, I need to take a break. I need to rest and trust that you're in control. I don't have to be all the things. It doesn't, it doesn't depend on me. Some of you with work, you need to hear this. They will keep handing you work. They will keep handing you work. So if you don't get through all the things you have to get through that week, guess what? It'll be there. As a matter of fact, there'll be more waiting. It doesn't mean I'm not saying be slothful, be lazy. I'm not saying don't make a plan. I'm not saying don't prepare. I'm just saying you just got to like choose to Sabbath. I had a list of 10 things. I got through eight. I got two more. I got to do. I got to do them. I got to do them. They'll be there. I got a family member. I want to say his name so bad, but the Holy Spirit is convicting me not to do this. So, um, who, who is just works and works and works and, and incredible work ethic. But, uh, But he does the same things all the time. They keep handing him the same type of work. And he's like, I just got to get rid of some of these things. I got to get this down. And I'm like, you do realize when you finish those, they will hand you more. So working 70, 80 hours a week, they're they're just going to keep handing you things. Right? And so the idea is I got to choose to put it to the side, choose. It's a resistance. Sabbath is a resistance against cultural norms that says, you just gotta, you gotta do it. You gotta hustle. You gotta grind. You gotta do all the things. It's like, no, at some point I gotta just worship. I gotta enjoy his creation and I gotta turn it off so that I can be better prepared to love people and serve people out of the overflow of that. And so, um, uh, it's a commandment. Sabbath's a commandment. And, and so saying I'm a follower of Jesus, um, to me, it, we, we don't, we don't say that about any of the other commandments. So some people say, well, I'm good. Sabbath is like an old Testament thing. I'm good. I'm a new Testament believer. I don't, it doesn't apply to me. And yet you still don't kill people. You still don't, you think lying is a bad idea. Coveting is a bad idea. Honoring your parents is a good idea. So it's, a, it's weird the way that we frame that. But, um, so Sabbath is rest. Sabbath is worship. Sabbath is a command and a gift, but Sabbath is also this thing that God says, remember. He says, remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. And he's telling us to remember because you and I have a tendency to forget. I do. So God keeps hitting it in his word. He's like, hey, just remember rest. Just remember I'm in control. Just remember, man, you have plans and those are cute plans, but ultimately I got you. You need to build a dependency on me to do in your life and through your life. What you can't do in your own power or strength, I can do it for you. And and, and again, I said this earlier in the series, God has a job to do and we have a job to do. We, can't go, we cannot do God's job. There's things, purposes on your life, things that God's called you to do, dreams and visions, a direction and a destiny for your life that only God can accomplish those things. You have to depend on him. It, it is bigger than you. It's outside of you. God will. You, it'll be God's power and strength, and it'll be through other people that he brings around in your life to accomplish those things. That's true. But ultimately, there's, there's other things that he asks us to do. There's a part that we have to play. So, so the power in Sabbath... Only comes from our willingness to go, I'm stopping and I'm resting and I don't care. I don't care what it costs me. I'm trusting God to do what only he can do in this day. And then what God does is what we can't do. And he stirs our affections for him and he makes us more loving. He makes us more kind and he gives us over the fruits of the spirit. And he also accomplishes things when we're off and we're waiting. He accomplishes things behind the scenes uh, for, uh, for our good and for his glory because we, we chose to be faithful. and We chose the Sabbath. So the idea is to remember that there's a rhythm to creation. Remembering that the Sabbath is celebrating the gift of this life. And one of the best ways to say thank you to God for the life that he gave us is to deeply enjoy his good gifts. The people in your life, where he puts you, context, all the things that you enjoy. Again, what brings you rest? What makes you grateful? What makes you full of joy? What makes you remember him? And then then you and I, as Jesus followers, we have access to Christ, and we can share whatever hard things that we're going through, because some of us are going through hard things. Some of you have gotten news uh, at work or you're struggling relationally. Some of you are struggling relationally at school. Some of you are struggling relation, relationally at home, marriage, whatever the case may be. And Jesus says, come over here, take my yoke. Take, take all the things that you're carrying, put it on my back. Now come over here. I'm, I, and A yoke is this thing, right, that just goes on your shoulders. Um, there's, there's a yoke of oxen, right? And, and it's, it's a thing that's supposed to distribute the weight. And Jesus says, I have a yoke and it's light. I want want you to come and place whatever you're carrying, put it on my shoulders. And I want you to step underneath my yoke. And Jesus is carrying the yoke. It's a very light yoke. And then he says, my burden, man, my burden's light. My yoke is easy. And this is the way that I want you to live. And then he gives us these disciplines like Sabbath, like reading his word, like prayer, prayer. Like doing what you're doing today, gathering today, man, it just lifts us. Worship. We're getting ready to worship here in a minute, and I, I promise you, if you won't think about what you're eating for lunch, but you just lean in and focus on God for a minute, it'll hit different. It's amazing how He gives us these gifts and says to take advantage of them, and then to watch what He does inside of us, and then watch what He does through us as a result of just surrendering our life and going, "Hey, Sabbath, I got to stop. I got to rest." I got to worship. It is a command and it is a gift. And ultimately, man, it's about drawing me closer to him so I can serve the people around me better. Let me pray for us. Jesus, thank you so much for the way you love us. Thank you for God, your word. And thank you for the opportunity that we have today as your people to remember how dependent we are on you to do what only you can do in our lives. And so I pray, Holy Spirit, you would do that right now in this moment. You get every single person in this room, including myself, an opportunity to look at our calendar, to look at our yeses, to look at the things that we've said yes to, that we've built our lives around, our priorities sometimes misaligned, and go, does this belong? Where do I need to trim fat? What's actually adding value? What's bringing me joy, God? What's bringing me closer to you? What has eternal significance and impact on it? And then what are things that I'm just doing because I felt obligated to do those? Or because I, uh, because I I, just said, yes, I really wasn't thinking about how to steward the time that you've given me. And really, Holy Spirit, just give, speak to people exactly what you want them to do with their time so that we steward that well. Because our days are numbered. And this life is short, and it is a moment, and help us to steward it well. And it's a beautiful life, so help us to enjoy it. So you give us Sabbath so that we can do that. God, I pray that for those who actually take what we said today and put it into practice. Put it into practice, God. It's obedient in the area of Sabbath. You'd give them over to just, man, just such a real rich, deep joy. Help them to see things they've never seen before. Help it to just hit different. Spending time with their children. Spending time with their spouse, God. Spending time with other family members. Breaking bread with people. Watching sunsets. Eating ice cream. Playing pickleball. Help us to just love and enjoy your creation on that day as we set it aside to rest to really rest. Help us to get filled up. Help us to draw close to you so that we can love and impact our community and our world and our region. God, everywhere you call us to as your people. If you're here here and you've never surrendered your life to Jesus, you've never gone all in. Man, his yoke is easy. His burden is light. You could be in the hardest season of your life and yet Christ calls you and says, hey, let me carry what you can't carry let me carry what you weren't meant to carry in your own strength. You can't do it. That's why you need a savior. And let me be your savior. And let me meet you in your brokenness. And let me meet you in your hard space. And let me meet you in your loss. And let me meet meet you in your unknowing and your doubt and your fears and your insecurities. Let me take what you can't shoulder. Put it on me. I have a yoke. You step alongside of me and let's hold it together. Watch how much easier it is as you walk with me. So if you're here and you, you've never been in a relationship with Jesus, but today is the moment of your salvation. Everything necessary for your salvation happened 2,000 years ago as Christ gave his life uh, for you and for me and for the rest of the world. And then he, he, he stepped out of that grave three days later, and he conquered death, hell, and the grave, and he gives us over to victory. But only if we surrender our lives, only if we place our faith and our trust in him is what Scripture says. There's one way to a future, to hope a future eternity, and it's through Christ. He does everything that we need necessary. But the moment of our personal salvation is when we finally see him for who he is and we go all in. We surrender our lives. So if you're here today and you've never surrendered your life to Jesus, I just want to to call you to a prayer. Prayer doesn't save you, Jesus does. But just pray this prayer with me. Say, Jesus, I give you my life. I, I surrender and I go all in today. And I'm sorry for the life that I've lived. I'm sorry I made it about myself. God, I'm sorry that I've just been distracted. But give me over to a discipline. Give me over to a service, God. Give me over to the ability to trust you to rest. To rest in your finished work. You've already done everything. that You've already done the heavy lifting. But help me to be obedient and lead me daily by your spirit so that I can become exactly who it is you've called me to become. Help me to not settle for less than what you paid for. And, God, I pray for every single one of us who's in this room, all of us as your church, that you'll give us over to a a right reverence, that you'll give us over to uh, a belief and a trust in you, that we we can take this day and set it aside and rest in you and be better positioned to love and serve the people around us. And so, Holy Spirit, do what only you can do in our lives. Stir our affections for you. If you're here and you've placed your faith and your trust in Jesus, you've surrendered your life to Him, the Bible talks about needing a moment of confession. Uh, it's really important that you confess to someone. Tell someone that you came with, tell a friend or a family member. Let us know as a team there's a place to mark that on the cards in front of you. I'm accepting Christ. I'm giving my life to Him. I want to be baptized, whatever that decision is. But make that confession today. God, I pray through the Holy Spirit that you would give people over to courage and conviction to be able to confess you as Lord right where they're at. Lord, we love you, and it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.